0: Will never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Hallelujah. Yes, we do. Thank you, Lord. If anyone is thirsty, Let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. Hallelujah, Lord. We thank you that you have come to give us resurrection light. Streams of living water flowing forth from us because of who you are in us and because of what you've done. Hallelujah. Good morning, beloved. Thank you for being here. We welcome our guests. If you could fill out that blue card, I would love it. You can just put it in the offering at the end. Thank you all for being here. I just pray that today is a blessing unto you, in Jesus' mighty name. So this week, the Lord spoke to me about asking, seeking, knocking, that he is the way, the truth, and the life, that he is the resurrection and the life. So we're going to go straight to the scripture in Luke 11. I'm reading out of the NIV 84. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. Just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name, Father. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. And in Matthew there, it doesn't say it in this particular reading in Luke, but in Matthew it says, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You see, he came to bring us the kingdom here on earth to live in his kingdom glory, his kingdom power, the love of his kingdom, the love of his heart poured out onto us here on earth. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also have forgiven, forgive everyone who sins against us and lead us not into temptation. Then he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend and he goes to him at midnight And says, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have nothing to set before him. Then the one inside answers, Don't bother me. Don't bother me. The door is already locked. My children are with me in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. Yikes. (laughs) Is that a friend? I tell you, though he will not get up and give him the bread because he is a friend, yet because of the man's boldness, because of the man's boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. You see, the Father wants us to be bold before him, beloved. He wants us to be bold standing on the promises of God, standing on his love for us, standing on the fact that he takes good pleasure in us. And we must realize who Jesus is and his heart for us. He rejoices, like we read at the beginning, before we started, Zephaniah 3.17, he rejoices over you with singing, with songs of deliverance. And this is his heart for us, I'm going to go to Psalm 36. I'm going to look at verses 7 and 8. How priceless is your unfailing love. Both high and low among men find refuge in the shadow of your wings. They feast on the abundance of your house. You give them drink, From your rivers, from your river of delights. Thank you, Lord. You see, that's a promise for y'all, beloved. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light, we see light. In the light of the Lord, the light He came to give, we see light. So Jesus goes on. He says, So I say to you, ask, and in the Greek, that means keep on asking. That's what that means. It doesn't mean just ask one time. In the Greek. And it will be given to you. Seek, and in the Greek, keep on seeking. And you will find, knock, and in the Greek, keep on knocking. And the door will be opened to you. For everyone, not just the special people, Everyone, everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be open. See, God has an open door for you. He has an open door for you. He's not locked up behind some door, playing games, so that you can't find him and know the treasures of heaven. He says, this is a promise. It says the door will be open. What's our job there? Our job is to believe before we even see the answer, isn't it? Our job is to believe that we live in an open heaven. Our job is to believe that the, the door of scripture, the promises of the Lord, belong to us before we ever see it, to stand. And believe Which of you fathers, now, remember before he was talking about a friend, and now he's talking about a father. If your son asks for a fish, we'll give him a snake instead. Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Why do we need the Holy Spirit? We need the Holy Spirit because that is Jesus' representation here with us today, right? He said he was going to go and he would send the Holy Spirit to us and that greater works would we do than he did. Our teacher, our counselor, our guide. I'm going to go on to another parable. We're going to go through several parables today. Luke 18, verses 1 through 8. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and never give up. Always pray and not give up. What does scripture say? The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous person availeth much. Right? It has great reward. He said, this is Jesus speaking again, in a certain town... There was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men. So this is probably not a real like soft-hearted person, right? Probably not a real friendly guy. He neither feared God nor cared about men, and there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea. She kept coming. Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused. For some time. So she had to wait. There was, a, there was a length there. But finally, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care about men he's saying this himself. This is, so this is even when you're in a secular system, you're not dealing with God-fearing individuals Probably calloused heart. You're not dealing with a soft hearted individual here. This is someone in the world. Even then, God answers you. Even then, God comes to your rescue. Okay? The scripture says do not have a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. How do we have a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind? We believe who Jesus was, we believe in what he did. We understand the resurrection power that's been given us, and we understand the love that he has for us. No matter what we do, he, he always loves us. Do we have a responsibility to repent and, and obey the word? Yes, of course. But nothing we do ever changes his love for us. There's power in that. That love never fails, it is a guard around us. So, anyway, it says. Yet, because this widow keeps bothering me, she keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. Beloved, even if the situation looks really, really grim, do not give up. Know in y- know who your faithful God is. Know that He is faithful. He is faithful. His loving kindness never ends, His mercy never comes to an end. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. He says, I will see that she gets justice, so that basically, so that she'll quit bothering me. In other words, leave me alone. Well, maybe that wasn't the best motive, but it got the job done, didn't it, on his part? You know, the Lord said, or the scripture says in Proverbs 21.1, that the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. The heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord, and he directs it like a water course wherever he pleases. Do not fear when you're up against a secular world. Do not fear when you're walking in difficult situations. The Lord knows how to take care of you. Verse 7, And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, this is Jesus talking. You can believe this. I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? So what it, wh- what's the question there? What's the question? Are you going to see it the way Jesus sees it? Are you going to have faith in the word? Are you going to believe that he is who he says he is? Are you, are you going to believe that the word never returns void? Are you going to believe that he takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants? See, are you going to see it his way? Are you going to believe in the resurrection life? Are you going to believe that Jesus came to give you the glory that the Father gave him? Are you going to believe that greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world? Are you going to believe that he has that he died to give you an overcoming life in him, in Christ. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Are we going to stand firm? When we don't see things maybe turning out the way that we thought they would at the beginning, are we going to believe the word? Are we going to stand in the resurrection? Are we going to stand in the resurrection and not get discouraged, not be dismayed? So yes, these parables are about provision. They are about justice, but they're about faith. They're about faith. Will you stand in faith and stand and continue to stand when you don't see it in the natural yet? Will you keep on the armor and stand your ground when things look tough, when they look impossible? You know, and this can be things like, you know, when there's an addiction it can be things like when you don't see oppression ending, when depression surfaces, or they can be things like a dream. Have you had a dream that the Lord gave you and you haven't seen it yet? You see, they can be things that you're hoping for. They can be chains that need to be broken or a hope that's been birthed that needs to come to fruition, right? Right? Ephesians six thirteen. therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, we stand in faith. We stand in faith in a loving Savior, in a loving Savior. We stand for the way he sees it, for the way he spells it out in his word. We call things that are not as though they are. He tells us to do that, right? Call things that are not as though they are. If you don't see it, well, just just find it in here. Just go in here, just find it, and say, this is what I'm standing on, Lord. Your word never changes, it's always true. He says that he will never break his covenant or alter that which has gone forth from his lips. Never alter it. So, We're going to go to one more death of Lazarus. John 11. This is really lengthy. I know, don't get your hopes up. I just said one more, but it's a long one. (laughs) So don't get ready to get up and leave yet. You know me. (laughs) Now, a man named Lazarus was sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. It will not end in death. You see, Jesus sees past the physical. Because Lazarus died. And yet Jesus is not a liar. He says it's not going to end in death. He sees the ultimate life. He sees the resurrected life. He sees the finished work. Even before he has gone to the cross. He believes in a faithful father. And we need to do that also. When things look impossible, we have a possibility, God. We have a God that remains true to his word. This sickness will not end in death, no. It is for God's glory so that, the s- that God's son may be glorified through it. So see, Jesus wants them to understand something beyond what they're seeing. He wants them to get new revelation of who he was and what he has come to give them. We must always keep our eyes on the end laid out in Scripture. The end laid out in Scripture. The truth of the word. The resurrection and the life. Who Jesus is. Not be moved by what we see or hear. We need to fix our eyes on the unseen. 2 Corinthians 18. call things that are not as though they are and see through the eyes of faith. We live by faith, not by sight. 2 Corinthians 5.7. We live by faith, not by sight. We live by faith in a faithful God. This is not your faith, by the way. This is not you working something up. This is not me working something up. This is believing in a God who is faithful. Do you understand the difference there? Okay. Verse 5. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, yet when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed there two more days. He stayed where he was two more days. Then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. Who in this room needs to be awakened? I will guarantee you that there is somewhere in each and every one of our lives where we need to be awakened to the truth of what Jesus has accomplished for us. So that we can walk in the glory that he has designed us to walk in, in this earth. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but this, his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe. Do you see how he is, that our Lord Jesus, do you see how he's wanting them to step beyond, outside of a, of a carnal reality? Do you see that? Remember how we studied last week about the higher life coming up? Remember that? He's always, Jesus is always, his heart's desire is for us to live in the fullness of Christ, the completeness of Christ. What the finished work has accomplished. His finished work did not leave a devil in charge of your life. Right? His finished work says that every name is under the name of Jesus. The darkness is below his feet. Well, we're going to believe that and we're going to walk in that, right? In this church. In this church, we believe that and we're going to walk in that. And we're, we're discipling people who know who they are in Christ. Who know what the finished work means and that it's intended for you in the here and now, not just so that you can be in glory eternally with God, which is a wonderful, beautiful, awesome thing But if that's all we ever thought about, we would live a very defeated life here. And that isn't what the Lord has for any of us. So, where was I? Jesus was speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and for your sake, I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe. He's going to show them the greater truth. But let us go to him. So in other words, you will believe. You will see the reality. You will see the reality of who I am. The King of kings, the Lord of lords, the almighty God, the El Shaddai. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord that goes before you and is a banner unto you. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Skipping to verse 20, when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. You see the finality of what the carl, how the carnal mind thinks? You see that finality there? She's not seen anything else. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. You see how she's saying to Jesus what you ask? He wants us to believe this for ourselves. He wants us to believe the Holy Spirit actually came so that we would do greater works. Right? But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. See there? You see that? Yeah, I know. He will be raised at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. I'm right here in your midst. And today the Holy Spirit is right here in our midst. He's not a lesser person of the Godhead. It's a trinity. And he's no less. He is our counselor. He is the power of the word. He is the revelator of Jesus. He testifies of Jesus in our lives, in the here and now. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Are you going to believe for resurrection life in your here and now? Yeah. We want to believe for everything that Jesus died to bring us, to give us, that he has imparted to us. Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming to the world. See, she still doesn't get it. She still absolutely does not even get it. We all believe he's the Son of God, right? If you're born again, you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he has forgiven your sins, right? Well, hello, Christians. There's a whole lot more (laughs) to be getting. There's a whole lot more to be understanding. Yes, he is the son of God. We need to understand everything that means. Right? Do you believe that in your life today you can receive resurrection? Any area that looks dark, any area that seems dry, any area where it does not match up with the truth of the promises of God, with what this word says, that there is a resurrection for you in that area. If it seems dry, if it seems parched, there's living water. This is an alive word. What does it say? It is sharper than any two-edged sword. It divides between the carnal and the spirit. It is alive, it is active. This word takes us from the carnal into the spirit and the wholeness and the fullness and the completeness of what Christ has for us. So where was I? Lord Martha said, if you had been here, okay, your brother will rise again. I am the resurrection and the life, he who believes in me. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God who has come into the world. Verse 28, and after she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside, the teacher is here. She said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village. But he was still at the place where Martha met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her supposing that she was going to the tomb to mourn there. Hallelujah, it is not time for mourning. (laughs) Beloved, it is not time for mourning in your life. Absolutely not. It is time for resurrection living. Hallelujah. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, she says the exact same thing that Martha said. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Okay, why was he troubled? Why was he moved and troubled? It can't be because Lazarus was dead. That's what everybody says. Oh, he was sad. That was his friend. He had stayed where he was two days. He obviously wasn't too concerned. He had said, This is not going to end in death. You're not really very sad if you know that the guy's going to be resurrected. You're not sad that he's dead when you're saying that it's not going to end in death. Yes, he was his friend. But he had a hope, he had a joy inside that came from the Father, that came because he knew his finished work. So after Jesus had heard the news, he had stayed there like two days, and Martha said, if you had been here, he would not have died. He says, your brother's going to rise again. He knows all this. And Martha said, you know, she knew that he was going to raise up in the last day. And then Jesus makes the point. I am the resurrection and the life. Do you know who you're looking at? Excuse me? Can you get a grip? Please understand. Please know who I am. I am right here in your presence. You have a Holy Spirit who is right here in your presence today. God is for you, not against you. You are the apple of his eye. He desires goodness for you. We serve a good, good God. So Martha said the same thing. They didn't really get it. They knew he was God come to earth, but they didn't have a revelation of what that meant. We have got to allow the Holy Spirit To reveal the depth of the word to us. You see when it was saying it, you know, the first example we went through, when it was saying ask, seek, knock, continue ask, seek, knock, and to have boldness. Okay, two things here. It is to have boldness for what, for that for which you're believing, right? It is to have boldness before the throne of God in your prayer, in your faith, in your believing. But it's also for new revelation. You see? To ask. To continue seeking. When you get to a place where you think you know something, ask God to show you more. Right? Because every time you read this word, you're going to get something new out of it. You're going to get more life. Right? You're going to get more strength you're going to have a deeper truth revealed to you. So yes, ask, seek, not for those things which you're believing for, but ask, seek, not continually for deeper revelation of this word. Because God is faithful. This is who God is. And he's not keeping any secrets from you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So what moved and troubled Jesus was that they didn't really understand. They didn't, you know, we all have to, we all believe that Jesus is the Son of God if we're saved, but we need to, he wants us, he wants us to understand the completeness of Christ in us. The completeness of the Christ-given life, the ascended life, the resurrected life that he has given us, to be more than conquerors in this world. More than conquerors. Colossians 2.10 says, In Christ, in Christ, that's the key, you have been brought, that's a past tense word right there, in Christ you have been brought to fullness. Fullness. You have been brought to fullness. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Right? Nothing missing, nothing broken. Scripture says, those who fear the Lord shall lack no good thing. That's a big promise, isn't it? Those who fear the Lord shall lack no good thing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He wants us, Jesus wants us to see with unveiled eyes, that the hearts that our hearts have understanding. He wants us to see with unveiled eyes the glory that He came to give, the love that He came to give, the mercy that He came to give, the grace, the power, the strength. In our weakness, He is made strong. Right? Okay. says the veil was torn, right? If the veil was torn, don't put it back up. <sighs> don't put it back up. He tore the veil. He finished the work. Don't put it back up by not believing in all the goodness of God for you in your personal life in the here and now. kingdom come to us, the completeness of Christ, the finished work here on this earth. His will be done on this earth through the Holy Spirit living in us. And has he denied anyone the Holy Spirit? Do you have a question in your mind if you were born again? Oh, by the way, if you are not born again, this is a really simple thing to do. You just say, Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you came to give me freedom. Please forgive me of all my sin. I know you are faithful and just to forgive me. I receive that forgiveness. I believe that you are the Son of God, that you were resurrected on my behalf, that you have good things planned for me. And thank you right now for the Holy Spirit who fills me, who leads me, who guides me into your perfect will for my life. In Jesus' name. If you just said that prayer, you're saved. You're born again. You're in the beloved. You're in the beloved. Anyway, he says here, which of you fathers, if your son asks for, a, we're back in Luke eleven eleven. which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead, or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in Heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? You do not need to question whether you can hear from the Holy Spirit when you are born again. The Scripture says that His Spirit testifies with our spirit that we are children of God you will hear. The scripture says that he is a voice speaking to us, telling us which way to go, whether to turn to the left or to the right. He is always speaking to you. We just quiet our hearts and we hear. Hallelujah. So anyway, Jesus goes on in verse 34. He says, where have you laid him? Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, See how he loved him? But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? That's why he's weeping. You see that? They're not connecting. They're not connecting to his glory. They're not connecting to his majesty. He's walked with them in the midst of them. They've been his friend. You're his friend. And they're just not connecting. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. You see, they're saying, can't he perform this miracle? We have to believe the miracle before we see it just because the word says it, right? We, that causes our faith to soar and we connect into the supernatural of God. He's a supernatural God. He's a big God. He does more than we can ever ask or think or imagine. He was deeply moved because of their blindness. I want to go to Isaiah 42, but I want to show you this promise. I will lead the blind by ways they have not known along unfamiliar paths. I will guide them. I will turn the darkness into light before them and make the rough places smooth. He has divine sight for you. He has divine sight in line with his resurrection life. Right? Hallelujah. Take away the stone. Take away the blindness. Take away the obstacles. I am going to get rid of anything that stands between me and my beloved. And everything that I have in this life for them. I am removing the stone. There's no grave that's going to hold my children. Right? Hallelujah. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? I am after the glory of God in my life here today, and he tells me I can have it. His glory, right here. Why do you need his glory? Well, yes, it's for you. Yes, it's so that you can be an overcomer in this life. Yes, he doesn't want you to be shackled by the chains of secularity, right? But what else is it for? Yeah. Yeah, beloved. We must get this. Because this is what draws other people. It is wonderful. It is a glorious thing to be a disciple of Christ who understands that he came to give you his glory. That he came to give us a manifest presence. That we can dwell. what What did David say? When can I go into the house of the Lord? Anytime, beloved. Anytime. You can be in the presence of God. Anytime. That's a beautiful thing. But it is so that a dying world can be saved also in addition to what it accomplishes for you personally did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God so they took away the stone then Jesus looked up and said father I thank you that you have heard me now get this get this next sentence I knew that you always hear me. See? He he does everything for the sake of others. Everything. He didn't need to leave the glory of God in heaven for himself. Can you imagine making that choice? Can you imagine leaving the Father in heaven, separating yourself to come to this world, to save and heal and bless. I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your loving heart for me. Thank you for your loving heart for us. You see, it is is his heart for us to grasp the power of the glory life, the ascended life. That's what he came to reveal. When he said this, Jesus called in a loud voice. I'm in verse 43. Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Take off the grave clothes and let him go. That should be so exciting to you. You are not intended to walk in any form of grave clothing. At all. He rolled the stone away. He rolled the reproach away. He's forgiven your sins. What do you do? That's a really simple thing. You do something and you go to him and you repent and you turn the other way. He is faithful and just to forgive (laughs) by his mercy and his grace. He has rolled away your reproach. He has rolled away the obstacles. He has taken the keys of death, hell, and the grave. And what did we study last week? He handed them to the church. He handed them to the church. Well, what are you going to do with them? That's really what it comes down to. Are you going to believe in the fullness of the gospel, everything that Jesus has for you, the completeness of Christ in you? Here, and if you're not convinced, because I never want you to take my word for anything, but I do expect that you believe the gospel. Let me just read you a few of these. Sorry, taking a little detour. Th- I'm going to Ephesians. I'm going to go to several scriptures here in Ephesians, besides that one that I already gave you in Colossians 2.10. Okay? Here. Ephesians 1.22, which is his body. Well, let me back up. 22 And God placed all things under his feet, that's Jesus, and appointed him to be head over everything for the church. Those are believers. That's the body of believers. For the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. He wouldn't call you fullness if he didn't mean you to walk in his fullness. He wouldn't call you fullness if he didn't design you to walk the way that he walked here on earth. This is not a too-big gospel. This is the way he called it. All right? Let's go to another one. This one would be in Ephesians 4, 13. Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. This is so that you will become mature. No more babies drinking milk but the mean of the word. He wants us to be mature. What does he say is mature? Attaining to the whole measure. Maturity. Attaining to the whole measure Of the fullness of Christ. Does that make you feel like you can walk in some power? Well, as long as you remember to walk in the love, you'll be doing just fine. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Zing. (laughs) It's the love part that never fails. It's the love part that we got to get a hold of if we want to walk in this you know in this fullness praise you lord let me give you this one Ephesians 3:19 oh look this is just what i said this is just what i just said this is awesome <laughs> and to know this love okay let's back it up and i pray that you being rooted and established in love, that's the love of Christ, that's knowing the love of Christ, that's why we focus so much here on knowing how much he loves you, and I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love, that's what we gotta know first, that surpasses knowledge that, that means so that, That's what that means there. It says that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Okay, that's not me saying that. That is your scripture, and it is yours to take and either believe and walk in or to disregard. But I would advise you (laughs) to take it. I would advise you to swallow it, hook, line, and sinker, and I'm not even a fisherman, except for people. I love people. (laughs) Okay, well, I got totally off track and somewhere along there, but I think that was a blessing unto you, was it not? So, (laughs) the point is, he doesn't have grave clothes for you in this world. At all. If there's something that you're dealing with and you need to have the grave clothes removed, understand the love of God. Understand the faithfulness of God. Understand what he really wanted, what he came here for, who he is in you, the hope of glory, the resurrected life. So when we are asking, when we are seeking, when we are knocking, What is it that we're really, 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 what is it that we're asking and seeking and knocking for? True revelation. True revelation of what he died to give us. True revelation of how much he loves us. True revelation that he has not given us a spirit of fear, that we are more than conquerors, that we are meant to live in his power, in his soundness of mind, in his victory. Right? That's what he has for His kingdom come, his will be done here on earth, and he, uh, he gives us the Holy Spirit to accomplish that, to accomplish that, to enforce his word. So anyway, if there's an area, I'm going to pray for anyone who wants to be prayed for, you want to be prayed for, just raise your hand, I'll come around. But, can I give you one more scripture? <laughs> if there's any area in your life where you feel it's parched, where you feel it's dry, where you need the life of Jesus, you can go to this scripture. I'm going to go to John 7. I'm going to go to verse 37. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me. You see, he has outstretched arms to you, beloved. If you are thirsty, come to him. If there's an area where something seems parched or dry, come to him and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said. Do you see wh- why would he need to say as the scripture has said? Because he knows we get into our own minds. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways, right? His mind, his thoughts, they're higher. They're in the supernatural reality that should be our normal. So he wants us to believe as he believes. He wants us to believe in his resurrection power and life, filling us up today, healing us, Delivering us from difficulties. Bringing dreams come true. That maybe we've given up on. Don't give up, beloved. Don't give up. up. If the Lord's put something in your heart, you go for it. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. By this he meant the spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. You see, we've received it because we are past the resurrection. The mercy, he's gone to the mercy seat and poured out his blood. He's finished the work. The Holy Spirit, like we said earlier, it belongs to us. He belongs to us. He is a person. He's not a lesser Jesus. All the power, all the truth resides in him and it resides in us. So anyway, that's what I believe that the Lord had us to study today. So I hope that was a blessing to you. If anyone does want prayer, I'm you know, come on up and see me afterwards otherwise. We're going to go ahead and receive our communion. We have open communion in this church. If you are a born again believer of the living God, you're a born again believer in Jesus